My name is Pastor Julius Stevens. I'm Pastor uh, Emeritus of, of Word of Faith Christian Church, the church I, I used to pastor. And um, they have a real good pastor now and Pastor Quill Redwine. And in this season in our lives that uh, this is where God has us. And so this is what we're doing. And, and what we're doing now is sharing the word of God. And uh, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about and getting an understanding of the true heart of God. And um, we've been sharing some things that maybe uh, maybe you've never really looked at it this way. And again, I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to uh, go against tr the traditional teachings of the Bible. But I had a lot of questions uh, even before as a young man when I would hear teachings uh, from the Bible and uh, even when I uh, committed my life to Christ and, and even pastoring and teaching the word of God, uh, there was just this uneasiness about uh, Jesus and how we saw Jesus and how different times we call them dispensations. We saw God and sometimes we see God as this 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 killer of people that everybody that the Jews didn't like, uh, God would somehow uh, find a way to conquer them and destroy them and kill them. And and then we switch from the Jews to the Christians. And, and now the Christians, uh, I guess the Jews are on the outs now with God. And uh, it's he's for the Christians now. And he's coming back for the Christians. Jesus was coming back for the Jews. But now, like I said, the Jews are on the outs with God and because they didn't receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So, you know, you're no longer my favorite children. Now it's the Christians that are my favorite children. And Jesus is going to come back and he's going to get all the enemies, basically, of the Christians, the people that don't receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I had a problem. I still have a problem with, with that view of Christ. And so, what I've been doing uh, is really studying. Uh, there are some people out there that I'm that I've really studied that's giving me a whole different view uh, of God, and it makes a whole lot more sounding like the God of love, the God of grace, the God of mercy, the God of forgiveness, the God of understanding, uh, than this God who's going to come back and and he's going to get all of his, all of Jesus' enemies. He's going to throw them in the furnace of and he's going to burn them in hell forever. And that includes the Jews and depends on who you talk to. The Protestants say it's the Catholics. Uh, who else is on the on God's hit list? Oh, the, 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 did I mention the, the Hindus, Muslims, atheists? And, and I mean, if we really looked at it today, there are approximately seven plus billion people on the planet. Only two billion of us profess to be Christians. That means five billion people. All oh, the Christians have a clause that he's going to give them a chance. He's going to give them one more chance to receive Jesus. The Christians say this, that he's going to give them one more chance to receive Jesus. And if they don't, then, hey, they burn in hell. It's easy to say that about nameless, faceless people. But what if that person that you're talking about burning in hell was your brother, your sister, your mother? Your father. What 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 was that one? Do, do, do you get a different perspective on? Yeah, because the God in you won't allow you to see that. I have never gone to a funeral at all. I'm 65 years old. I've never gone to a funeral where the preacher got up and says, I know this person is in hell. 
I've gotten up and I've heard people say, if anything, they're in heaven, they're up there with mama and grandma and, and they're up there having a good time. And, and it had nothing to do with how they lived their lives. It's just the fact that I cannot bring myself to believe that my relative is burning in hell forever. So we're going to look at everything. We're going to look at that. We've been looking at that the, this the last few weeks. If something I'm saying is a blessing to you, please hit like and share. Uh, you know, we're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook Live. Uh, leave a comment if you like. I'm not a debater. If you uh, disagree, uh, like a wise man told me years ago, if you dis disagree with what I'm saying, I'm not trying to reach you. So we don't have any uh, anything to discuss because you have already disagreed with me. Shake the dust off your feet and, and move on. OK, but everything we understand about God, I understand now, has to be filtered through the life of Jesus Christ. When Jesus came to the earth, he says, I am God. Well, let me say this before we got started. Paul is giving credit for writing uh, 13 letters or 13 chapters of the New Testament. There are 27 chapters in the New Testament. Paul wrote 13 of them. And this is what Paul said about what he understood about what he was writing. Paul said, this is what I understand about what I am writing and what I am teaching people. He says this in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13, 9. And also verse 12, I'm reading this out of the Amplified Bible. Paul says, for our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teaching is fragmentary, incomplete and imperfect. Paul says, the stuff that I'm teaching, I don't even understand all this stuff. I don't get it. First Corinthians 13, 12, Paul says, now we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim, blurred reflection of reality. The reality of who? Of God. In a riddle or enigma, uh, them with, with when perfection is come, then when perfection is come, we shall see in reality and face to face. Now we know in part imperfectly. He says, what I am teaching you, I only know parts of it, and I am teaching you imperfectly, but then shall I know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. He says, I don't get all of this. And it was the same thing in the Old Testament. The writers of the Old Testament, uh, Moses, the prophets, when Jesus came to the earth, Jesus said, I am God. John 1, 12 says, uh, John chapter 1, verse 1 through 2 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. And John chapter 1, verse 14 says, and the word, Jesus Christ became flesh. He became the living word of God. He says, when you see me, John chapter 14, Philip asked the question. He said, Jesus, man, are you really God? Show us God. Are you really God? And he said, Philip, I've been with you all this time. And you, I'm paraphrasing. I've been with you all this time. And, and you don't know that I'm God? Watch what he says. If you don't believe that I'm God because I told you I'm God, believe me for the things that I do. What is the things that he did? He said, watch how I treat people. 
Watch how I treat people and you will know exactly how God treats people because I am God and the way that I treat people is the way God treats people. Well, okay, now we got to go back to the Old Testament and we got to look at the writings of Moses and the writings of, of the prophets and all the things they said God did. They said God uh, destroyed everybody in Sodom and Gomorrah. They said God sent a flood and killed everybody. I mean, God did a whole lot of killing in the Old Testament. Strange thing, when Jesus showed up, he said, I'm God. And he went on to say, I disagree with a lot of things that were written about me in the Old Testament. I don't believe in an eye for an eye. I don't believe, oh, man, I'm, I'm doing all I can not to talk about the, the incident at the Academy's Award. But he says, I'm not an eye for an eye. When you slap me, he didn't say slap him back. That's all I'm going to say. All he said was, he said, turn the other cheek. He said, I disagree with those teachings. I disagree with the teaching that says that you are to hate your enemy. I'm telling you to love your enemy. I disagree with the teaching. It even said I was cursing people. Oh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, 15 through 30. Man, God is cursing everybody. He's cursing everybody. He said, uh-uh, that's not God. God does not curse people who curse him. He said, love your enemies. I bless those that curse me. I do good to those that hate me. I have prayers for those that people that this, I'm God, I represent God. And everything he told you, Philip over in John chapter 14, everything that I say, I only say what God would say. I only do what God would do. Everything that I do, I do under the authority of God because I am God. And it's the same thing he said uh, over in John 15 and 16. He says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He will be just like me. He will lead and guide you into all truth. Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the world. Well, then I can only conclude that God is not coming to condemn the world because Jesus is God. And oh man, the traditional teachings just, whoo, no, 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 no. God is coming back to kill somebody. The first time Jesus came, the first advent of Jesus Christ, the first time he came unto us, uh, Isaiah said unto us, a child will be born unto us, the son will be given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. And to his kingdom, there shall be no end. How did they interpret that prophecy? Their interpretation of Isaiah's prophecy about Jesus was that he was going to come to this earth he was going to be a king on this earth. He was going to get together an army and he was going to get all of the enemies of the Jews and he was going to wipe them out. That he, Jesus, was going to wipe them out. He was going to set up Jerusalem as the headquarters of the Jews and they're still trying to do it today. He was going to make Jerusalem the head. He was going to be the king and everything in the world is going to be great because God is for the Jews and he's against everyone else. Jesus came and he said, no, I didn't come to do that. 
I didn't come to kill anybody. I'm not putting together an army for you all. I'm not going to destroy your enemies. I did not come to condemn the world. I came to save the whole world. I just didn't come here for you Jews. You got it all wrong. Mm. Well, if the Jews got it all wrong the first time Jesus came, could it be? Maybe for your consideration. Maybe if you would think about this, could we get, could we have gotten it wrong about the second time that Jesus is coming? Because it's a different chapter, same story. Who's he coming back for now? Well, he's not coming back for the Jews. The first advent, the Jews said he's coming for us. But no, in the second advent of Jesus Christ, when he comes back the second time, he's coming back for Christians. And what is he going to do? He's going to do what he should have done the first time he came. This time, instead of wiping out the Jews' enemies, he's going to wipe out all the Christians. Anybody that has not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, anybody that has preached against Christianity, he's going to wipe out the Muslims. He's going to wipe out the Buddhists. He's going to wipe out the Hindus. He's going to wipe out the atheists. He's going to wipe out the homosexuals. He's going to wipe them all out. Because that's what he should have done for the Jews the first time. But this second time, why? Because we got up, we got all of these prophecies. John is out on the Isle of Patmos. And John, what did John want off there? What did John want to do on the Isle of Patmos? Died? No, he wanted off. So he writes revelations. And he says, uh, uh, Jesus is going to come back soon. He's going to come back from heaven. He's going to come back down soon. What is he coming for? He's he coming back to rescue me, of course. And he's going to get all the enemies. And he's coming back on a horse. And we're going to have the, the great arm battle of Armageddon. We're going to have all of this. And Christians say, yeah, he's coming back to kill people. Now, he didn't kill people the first time. Jesus said, I'm God. And let me show you. Let me just, I wrote some of these down. Jesus, who is God, he refused to kill anyone while he was on the earth. And he said, I am God. Everything that I say is from God. Everything that I do is a representation of God. In John chapter 8, 1 through 12, <clears throat> story of the woman in adultery, Jesus said, I'm not killing her. I'm not, I refuse to kill her. This is God talking. He said, I refuse to kill somebody because of their sin. Okay. That's John chapter 8, 1 through 12. Luke chapter 9, 51 through 56. Jesus, uh, he's going through Samaria. And uh, James and John says, Jesus is coming. You ought to, you Samaritans ought to sit down and listen to him preach. The Samaritans say, we don't want to hear what Jesus is saying. The James and John go to Jesus and he said, Jesus, do you want us to do what the Bible says Elijah did in the book, I believe it was first or second Kings. Uh, he rained down fire and he burned them all up. Jesus said, you don't know what kind of spirit you are. What makes you think I want to kill people? What makes you think I want to burn? Who told you I want to burn people up? Well, that's what Elijah did. The Bible says that that's what God did. You're talking to God. Not burning anybody up. What kind of spirit are you that you want to see human beings burned up just because they don't want to listen to me? I did not come to kill people. How many times I got to tell you, God is not this murder, revengeful, vindictive killer. All right, let's move on. John 10, 10, Jesus, I don't know if you can make it any plainer than this. Jesus said, there's a thief among us. His name is Satan. He comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. I have come 
This is God talking, that you may have life to the full until it overcomes. Now, so he said, I'm the bread of life. Everything about me is life. I'm life, I'm life, I'm life. And they said, no, God, we need you to be a killer. We need you, the Jews wanted you to come here and kill people. They said all throughout the whole time that you are a killer. And when you come back, we want you to be a killer. We want you to take everybody that's not a part of you and kill them. Why? We're killers. Uh-oh. Yeah, we're killers. Well, we're men. And, and if you don't know men kill by now, you haven't looked on the news. You don't know the history. You don't know anybody's history. Men are killers. From Cain and Abel all the way to what's happening. I'm in the city of Indianapolis. Men are killers. Men are vindictive killers. And so when we write about God, instead of us going up to where God is, we bring God down to where we are. And God, if we're killers, you're a killer too. Now, he said, 1 Corinthians 15, 26, he said, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. He said, death, I'll, I'll never use death. Death is an enemy. Death is my enemy. And you said, well, no, he's going to use his enemy to kill his children. That's what he's going to use death on. See, there are four ways for you to, to get an understanding of who God is. Long before there was a Bible, the Bible was, took about 1,500 years to write. The Bible has been around approximately, what, 3,500 years. Man has been alive, depending on who you ask. Some believe uh, the creationists, our creationist brothers, say God has only been a man. The humans have only been on the earth 6,000 years. The evolutionists say he's been here uh, millions of years longer than uh, the creationists believe, okay? But either way, whether you are creationist or whether you are evolutionist, as far as how man ha has gotten here and, and how long he's been here, the Bible itself is fairly new. There were people living thousands of years before there was even a Bible, before Abraham. In fact, <laughs> Abraham didn't have a Bible. Isaac didn't have a Bible. Jacob didn't have a Bible. Moses did not have a Bible. A lot of the prophets, they did not have a Bible when they were writing things down. It was all brought together into a Bible. But people were not living by a Bible. But today's Christians, because we have the Bible, we make that the number one and the most important thing that we have to know God. And God had that is the last of them. The first way that we know God is by our conscience. Paul said that over in Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. He says that we know God by our conscience. And we read this last week. I don't have time to go over it, but if you've got a Bible, read Romans 2, 14 and 15. He says, all men, even the he said, even the people who are not Jewish, who do not have what they call the Ten Commandments, he said they still have a law. What was the law? They still believe that parents should take care of their children. All civilizations, all human beings for all times have always believed long before there was a Bible, long before they ever heard the name Jesus, human beings knew by their conscience they were supposed to take care of their children. 
They knew they shouldn't kill innocent people. They know they shouldn't steal. They know they shouldn't commit adultery. They know that they shouldn't be selfish and self-centered. They know that they shouldn't lie. They know all of these things. How did they know? Because God put himself on the inside of all human beings so that we would know God. Now, whether we recognize him as God or not, it doesn't matter. We all believe that. The second way that we are to know God is to is through God. He came to the earth in the presence of Jesus Christ and he walked among the earth. And he says, the way that I live is the way that my followers should live. The way that I treat people is the way that my followers should treat people. John 13, 34 and 35, he says, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another the way that I love you. What Verse 35 says, so that all people will know that you are my disciples. How do they know that you're following me? Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. He says, how do you know that uh, my followers are following God because they love each other. In fact, in the book of 1 John, he says, how do you know that you, another one, how do you know that you've encountered God? How did you know that you have, have really uh, converted over to following Jesus Christ? He said, by why you love one another. He, John 17, 12, he says, everything in the Old Testament that they did not understand, all I was saying was love, treat people the way you want to be treated. That's all I've been saying from Genesis to Revelation is treat people the way God treats people. And by the time, man, we got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, we looked at us, we looked at God, we looked at us, we looked at God, and then God became like us. We didn't become like God. God became this vindictive, angry, bitter, don't mess with me, I'll kill you. We saw God. It's even we have been saying this for so long that what I say sounds strange. And even though we got scriptures to prove it, it really doesn't matter because you've heard this so many times. He's a killer. He's a killer. He's a killer. And he's coming back to kill. Why? Because if you mess with me, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. You mess with get me mad enough. I will kill you. And instead of us saying, well, no, I need to come up to where God is, we bring God down to where we are. It's in our prophecies. It's in our understanding. Well, Pastor, are you saying the Bible does not, is not relevant? It is relevant. If we understand it, Paul said, I only know in part. I only speak in part. It's fragmentary. We've got, we've got, <laughs> we, we, we've got our conscience to tell us right and wrong. We've got the life of Jesus Christ who, ta who taught us this. I am a true example of who God is. Then he said, I got the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will agree. The Holy Spirit will agree with me and the Holy Spirit will agree with your conscience. And he will lead and guide you into all truth so that you can ex understand the true nature, the true revelation, the true understanding of God. I want to give you the true understanding of God. But man, by the time religion got a hold of this and religious said God is for us, God is against them, God is, God, we're right, they're wrong, and everybody's not with us, uh, man, God's going to get you. And we've been saying that for hundreds and thousands of years. Even within Christianity, 
There are denominations that says that denomination is going to hell. That denomination is going to hell. That is the denomination is going to hell. We're right. They're wrong. There are 45,000 Christian denominations throughout the whole world. And what do they disagree on? They disagree on the Bible. Which is, of all things, to know God, the least of all four, our conscience, the life that Jesus Christ uh, showed us, and the one that he said he wanted us to be ambassador for, the one that he said that he wanted us to be imitators of, the third one is the Holy Spirit, and then the least of all of them is the Bible. And we have reversed it and said, no, the Bible is, God is right. He might be right in the Bible. I ain't questioning whether God is right. I'm questioning man's interpretation of what is right in the Bible. I question that. I've always had this uneasiness about me of this God. I mean, people used to say it all the time. And they said, how can a loving God kill all of these people? And as a pastor, I, I, I would try to come up with an answer and I wasn't satisfied with it. It was like, well, um, he gonna give him a chance. But I thought he forgives. Yeah, I, I know, but but you see, we, we gotta understand dispensations under this dispensation and under dispensation, and then and, and 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 you see, love runs out and judgment steps in. And he said, well, "What if you had a child? Would you treat your child that way? God is our father; he's the father of all." Well, no, he's not really the father of all. He's the creator of all, which makes no sense. He's the creator of all, and he's the father of some. Okay, he's the father of some, but he's the creator of all. He's only the father. He's only the father of us. <laughs> he's only the father of our group. Now, he used to be the father of the Jews, but the Jews are out, and I guess he got rid of them as his children. Really, he's the father of the Christians now. He's not the father of the Muslims. He's not the father of the Hindus. He's not the he's the father of us. And even among us, he's not really the father of all of us because there are certain denominations that claim to be Christian. He's not the father of the Jehovah's Witnesses. He's not the father of them. He's not the father of the Baptists. He's not really the father of the Apostolics. He's not really the father of the Jehovah's Witness. He, he's the father of whatever group I'm a part of. He's that's who his real children are. Silly. It is beyond silly the stuff. And I understand why the world is saying, give us God. Give us Christ. Don't give us your mess. We're tired of listening to you. All you do is point fingers at each other. We're right there, wrong. We understand the Bible. They don't understand the Bible. We're going to heaven. They're going to hell. They said, enough. We're tired of, makes me want to cuss. We're tired of the bull that Christians have been spewing out of their mouths for years. Tell us what is the true gospel. The true gospel is God loves you. God is love. God is never mad at you. God is never upset with you. God isn't, oh, this, this is going to be hard on a lot of people. God is not going to burn your mother up in hell forever. Well, not my mama, my mama in heaven. Well, everybody mama in heaven. Everybody feel that way about their mama. 
God is not going to burn your daddy up in hell. <laughs> Certainly not my daddy. I really don't care how my daddy lived his life. I can't see my daddy in hell burning up forever. Not my daddy. My daddy did some good stuff. Oh, what about your brother, your sister? Because when you start talking about people going to hell, put a name and a face on them. Put a name and a face on them. It's easy to say them. But them have names, them have faces, them have mothers, they have fathers, they have sisters and brothers, just like you. And it's a lot of difference when you talk about, God. I know my daddy in heaven. I know my daddy is in heaven. I don't care what you say, Pastor Jim. That's what I believe too. But you also believe that somebody's daddy went to hell. You also believe somebody's mother went to hell. Jesus, he taught them in uh, Matthew chapter 18, what, just a few more minutes. He taught them in Matthew 18, verse 21 and 22. He taught them about the unjust judge. You know, most of the teachings of Jesus Christ in the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are basically how we should treat each other. Whether he's talking about the unjust judge, in Matthew chapter 18, uh, Peter goes to Jesus and he says, how often should I forgive people? I, I, someone said that the Hebrews had a limit of seven times. Uh, that's what the Jews believe. But he said, no, no, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Another thing about the Jewish teachings that I disagree. He says 70 times seven. And then he said, let, let me explain to you about the, the unjust judge. Here's this, excuse me, here's this guy, um, you know, he owed a lot of debt and God forgave him, and, 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 and he was forgiven of all of that debt. He's talking about us. And then he says, here comes this other person who owed a very little debt. And the person that he owed the debt to, he went to him and he said, would you forgive me of this debt? Now, this same guy had been forgiven, let's say, of a million dollars. And he goes, and he's been forgiven of a million dollars, just like, oh, God forgives us of all of our sins. It's how you treat people. He's teaching people how to forgive people and how he forgives people. And he says, but what about, I only owe $100. Will you forgive me? The guy said, no. God said, that guy's unjust. He's unjust. He should be punished for that. What is he saying? Is God really trying to say that that God is more interested in how you behave than what you confess? Is that how God decides our eternity by how we treat people? Something to look at, something to think about other than no, no, uh, no, no. If you're a Muslim, it don't matter how you treat people. If you're a Buddhist, it don't matter how you treat people. If you're a Muslim, you don't, if you're an atheist, it doesn't matter how you treat people. It doesn't matter how well you treat people. I don't care how much debt you forget. Did you acknowledge Jesus? That's that's the Christian thing. It's you got to be on our team because God is for us. And if you're not on the Christian Jubilee, you're not on that bandwagon. I don't care how good a person you are. It does not matter. I think you might find out it does matter. And there are a lot of people that you're going to see walking around heaven that you on earth said, there's no way they're going to be in heaven with us. And you found out that God is for them too. <laughs> I 
This is so different from the theology that I had been taught growing up because it was all about the Christian club, the jacked up, messed up Christian club <laughs> that everybody's pointing the fingers. I don't like those carers. What, what are some of the, the, the Christian names that we call fundamentalists? They're fundamentalists. They're charismaniacs. That's that, that's that, that's that word of faith. We got solid teaching. We got solid teaching. We got messed up lives, but we got solid teaching. We got, we're, we're... <laughs> the world is tired of us. They want to know the God of love and they want us to see us imitate that love, that love, that grace, that mercy, that forgiveness, that understanding that says, I, I, I understand why you say it. Shoot, we sin too. We're over in our little Christian club, we sin just like you are. Name the sin, we got it. We do them all. We do them all. So we're not pointing the fingers at you anymore. We're receiving the same love that you need is the same love that we need. Jesus said this over in John chapter 5, says his love is for the just. Mm, he said, my just is for the, my love is for the just and the unjust. I cause it to come down on the just and the unjust. I do not pick and choose who I love. That's the gospel. That's the message. The message of Christianity is, is, is join us or else burn. That's the message of Christianity. The message of Christianity is that God so loved us. He loved, so loved all of us, the whole world, every human being in the world. He loved every human being in the world that he sent his son for us. And even then, in that, he knows that some of us would have never heard of Jesus Christ because people lived thousands and thousands of years before they even knew of a Jesus Christ before there was a Bible. And even people today will live and die in Christian. Oh, well, we got all of these ways of reaching people. We can do it over the internet. Yeah, but there's still thousands and thousands of people that are living today that will never hear about Jesus Christ. Because how did we become a Christian? The most of us that became Christians, we were born into it. It was everywhere around us. Our parents, our grandparents, our uncles, our aunts, they took us to this place called church and they talked to us about Jesus Christ and that's all we ever heard. Well, what do you think the Muslims' children heard? That's all they ever heard. What do you think the Hindu children, you think they live, you think, what do you think they heard? What do you think the Buddhist children heard? They heard the same thing about Buddha. They heard the same thing about Muhammad. They heard the same thing uh, in the in the uh, Hindu religion. Why? Because they were born into it. And that's all they heard, just like it's all you heard. But now you say it really don't matter what they heard. What I heard is more important than what they heard. And yet, they know how to take care of their children. Yet. They, they believe that uh, they, they they believe that lying is wrong. They believe that stealing is wrong. They believe that adultery is wrong. They believe that being selfish is wrong. They believe everything we believe. The only difference is we got in on Jesus Christ. 
not to have the advantage, not to throw in their face, but God loves them too. And he's not going to sit back and say, well, you never heard all. And because you didn't hear what Christians heard and you rejected what Christians say, we're going we're gonna to burn, baby, burn. We're going to burn you up. Think about that. Do you have it within yourself? You know, the way we, we, there are a lot of people out there, they treat animals better than what we say God is going to treat people. And I'm saying that kind of. We treat animals a whole lot better than what we say God is going to treat people. Sad. It's sad. We've got to take another look at Jesus Christ. What is his heart? So uh, give, give me about five minutes and I promise I'll be through. So how do I really understand the Bible? Every, I don't read it from Genesis to Revelation. I find out the heart of God through the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. And so if, 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 if this piece of paper is Jesus Christ, my understanding of the Bible, I have to, if this is the Old Testament, I have to filter it through Jesus Christ. And as I go through the filter, everything that in the Old Testament that does not reflect the teachings and the life of Jesus Christ, I get rid of. I get rid of. Same thing with the New Testament. I filter it through the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. And if what is, I don't care if it's written, Jesus was not moved by what was written in the Bible. He said, that all you got is what was, you're talking at God. And I am God. And a lot of the stuff that you have wrote in the Old Testament, you have misinterpreted, you have misunderstood, you have mistaught, and I'm not going to teach it. And I'm not going to represent it. No, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not killing somebody in adultery. You, I've already gone through that. And what makes you think that in the New Testament, for some reason, they got it all right and we got it all right? Something to think about. Well, look, I hope this has been a blessing to you. I, I am very passionate about this because uh, God is love. He's loved yesterday. He's loved today. He's loved tomorrow. And everything that he said love was. He said love is patient, love is kind, <laughs> love is gentle, love is forgiving, love is compassionate, love is understanding. And he didn't say, I'm only going to be that way for a short period of time, and then I'm going to stop, and then I'm going to become a killer. He didn't say that. We said that about him. Why? Because that's who we are. I hope this has been a blessing to you, and I hope you understand my heart. And if you disagree, so what? I'm not trying to reach you, but I just believe down in your deep knower, in your knower, not in Genesis, Exodus, Biggs, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. I said that to impress you, let you know I, I know the, I know some of the Bible, but I'm talking about deep down where God lives on the inside of me. Julia Stevens is not a killer. I can't even see myself throwing anybody in a hell. Why? Because that's the God in me. That's the God in me. Now the anger, bitter, vindictive, resentful, that part of me, oh yeah, I do it. But not the God in me. The God in me won't let me do it. And the God in me won't let me, can't see your, your mother and your father 
and your sister and brother. Because when you talk about people going to hell, you're talking about just like somebody, just like your mother, just like your father, just like your sister, just like your, well, not mine, but well, that's where they feel about theirs too. I don't care whether they're Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims, Catholics, Protestants, and all the other 200 different denominations here in the United States and the 45,000 Christian denominations around the world. Everybody thinks that way. Everybody wants mercy. Everybody wants forgiveness. I'm out of time. I hope this has been a blessing to you. If it's, I'm Pastor Julia Stevens. Uh, if this has been, uh, hit like, share. Um, I'm here every Thursday morning at 1030. As we go further and deeper into the heart of God, I, I just don't frivolously throw this out. I put a lot of study and time uh, into this. And uh, I believe that this is where God has me. And uh, he has been able to answer for me some questions. And again, I only know in part two. Just like Paul says, I only know part of this stuff. But just like you too, you only know in part. You're not, you know, I'm the Bible expert. I've studied this. Yeah, you studied parts of it. <laughs> you studied, but I know God's heart. That's what I do know. I understand his heart and his heart is that none should perish. All should come to repentance. And I don't believe that that repentance is just Jesus. I believe it's repenting from how you treat people. I believe that's a big part of it. Love you. See you next time. Uh, again, thank all of you who write uh, comments. Thank to all of you all who are, um, you know, you, you, you come back from week to week. And again, my only goal is to be a blessing. I'll talk to you next week.